literally Monday, I said yes to my first job as a full-time writer. And to be able to build that confidence, that trust in myself and to just have, give myself that accountability and like truly tools and actual steps. That to me has been really special about the process too. So for anybody who like wants tools and not just a supportive community, but also like tools, because Katie, like your work too, is like you've, you talk to creative people at time and you're a creative person yourself. So you've become this wealth of knowledge about creativity over the course of your career. So I think that I, I always want people to understand that like what is in Katie's podcast and what's in Katie's brain through these many, many, many years and many, many interviews that you've done, like that's in process. Katie, you're about to hear is not a usual episode. Instead of an interview, it's a conversation. Well, they're always conversations, but this in particular is two of my friends, Maggie and Brian. They introduce themselves and explain how we met at the beginning of this. You'll hear us talk about focus and creativity, and it centers around a discussion about a group workshop that I led in 2020 called creative underdogs it was october of that year if you want to orient yourself to that time in your brain and they were both part of that group and all the subsequent rounds that i did after that and in this we talk about what happened to them as a result of that and what's happened to them since and why i stopped doing it so abruptly and i get into this sort of focus group conversation with them about the new ideas I have and what I want to do next. I love listening to people I like or I seem like I would get along with just talking. I like to turn it on and it keeps me company and I hope that you feel that way here. They are lovely and I'm really excited for you to hear from them and learn more about them. Listen, we're three very long-winded individuals, as you'll soon hear, so I'm going to keep this tight. Parts of this might be excruciatingly boring to you, or you might find it charming. Roll the dice, pop it on, feel free to press 30 seconds forward if it's just not for you, and, you know, dive into the archive if, if you're here more for the interviews. But I hope you listen, because I really love talking to them and you might too if you have questions about anything that we talk about it's probably in the show notes but also just email me katie at let it out with three t's and i will get back to you i have not only one guests, but two. And they're two of my favorite people that I've ever met. And we'll get into how I met both of them. But I'm so happy that all of you are here, that all of you are listening. I have my friends Maggie and Brian here. And I think I'll let you both just say hi and introduce yourselves to the group. I'm Maggie. I am a writer primarily. I also do some social media and marketing work. I do more so consultation with social media marketing, um, but writer first and foremost. And I currently am based in New Orleans, but I'm from Pennsylvania. 
I found Katie. I started listening to her podcast when I was a senior in college. So I started listening to Katie to let it out when um, I guess it'd be 21, uh, 20 or 21, probably turning 22. Yeah. And I just immediately connected with it. I was in a moment of a lot of healing and things and Katie's work. I mean, I think people who find let it out are like very much like it, you find let it out and you immediately latch onto it. I don't know. Katie's work just felt like a really like warm hug and like listening to like friends talk at a really strange time in my life. And I've been listening ever since. I've always gotten a lot of meaning from it. And from there, I was just a general consumer of Let It Out slash Katie Delbout. And then we became friends through um, Creative Underdogs. And we'll talk about what Creative Underdogs is in a second. And both of you are what we call founding members of this group yes. that I started mm-hmm. and led starting in the pandemic in 2020 in a second, but I mean, thank you for saying that, Maggie. That's so nice. And that's exactly what I hope that Let It Out will feel like. I want it to feel like friends that you can turn on at any time and and feel cozy and feel connected and feel company, right? I, I talk about there's these Woody Guthrie New Year's rulings and one of them is have company, but don't waste time. And I, I want this show to feel like company, like you can turn it on when you don't want to necessarily learn something or have to really focus, although you might learn and focus, but it will allow you to feel connected and less alone when you're eavesdropping on other people connecting. And I'm just so happy that that happened and that I get to be your friend and, and connect with you. It's, it's such an honor to me, to both of you. What, what year was that when you were in, in college to place it in time in my brain? That would be, that was 2019 for me. Cause I know that you're like what you, your work has really transitioned over time and like what you do, what you talk about. Cause I mean, a lot of let it out is really about growth and growing as a human and talking to people who are doing the same thing. So it's definitely like in I guess like a later iteration of Let It Out from like what you've told me about your career um, and kind of like where you started with Let It Out and what it is today. So yeah, 2019 was when that would be like early, like very, like probably like January, 2019. Like that was a time when like I was like super deep into like the negative side of wellness. And I was just starting to come out of that. And I like, I think like honestly the first podcast, I don't know who you were interviewing or what it was, but you were talking about that experience I guess I was kind of in, I don't know, I was in that transitional time of like healing from disorderment in a big way, which I know a lot of people find you through ED recovery. Like the first episode I listened to, like touched on exactly what I was like thinking about at the time. And I was like, I'm going to keep listening to this. I'm really grateful for the algorithm in this case. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I'm, you know, this episode is brought to you by the algorithm. <laughs> uh, well, I'm so happy you're here, Mags. Brian, hi. Hi. Yeah, hi. I'm Brian. I found your work first. The The way I found that was I was listening to the Create podcast with like Natalie Roy and Kristen Haney. And then you, you had an episode with them. And I love Kristen Haney and Natalie Roy. They are so bubbly and vibrant and the self-help pep talk you need 
to just feel like warm and light about just every facet of life and then our connectivity of all things. But I felt like having you on, it it was really fun. And I, I just really enjoyed your work. It felt a little more grounded on this planet. I really, I really love people like Natalie and Kristen, but sometimes it's nice to have someone who's just like, it it felt like you were like sharing your life, like as it was going. And I, I really connected with that. I don't always know where I am or what I'm doing in life. And I felt like you are just like in pursuit of like figuring that out as you go. Um, So I felt really connected to you in that way. And yeah, I just kind of started listening to you like most weeks. And then at the time I was living in New York and you were living there too at the time. It's funny. I say at the time I've been on this trip. So I, I actually visited, I did this when I was visiting you in LA, Katie. I was like, when I, when I lived in New York, yeah, um, we were, we were driving with my friend Dexter to go see Big Teeth, and <laughs> Brian. I was in the front seat, and Brian was in the back. And Brian said, "When I used when I lived at the time when I when I used to live in New York," and I was like, just la- laughing so hard at that. It yeah. made me giggle. I love that yeah. you're really into so the trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really I I can't move right now. Um, so I hope it's not a Freudian slip. But yeah, I think when Katie and I both live in New York. I still live there, um, but I'm actually sitting in my hometown at the moment, which is Yakima, Washington in Washington state. But yeah, so I, I met you in person because I, at the time was working at this coffee shop in Brooklyn called Toby's estate. They since changed their name to partners, but yeah, it's in Williamsburg. And I was just like in the midst of this hours long rush, I was just pulling shots for coffee drinks. And I looked up and I was like, Oh, Katie, Katie's here. Um, I didn't really say anything. It was just so busy. The the way the bar set up is like you order at the counter and then the person steaming the milk puts out the drink. So like, I, you know, I don't really have to talk to anyone if I don't want to, I wanted mm-hmm. to, but I was just so busy and you got a drink and sat down and I just kept working this rush and I I just was like, oh, I hope she doesn't leave before I can go say hi. And at the time you were doing the emojis of the week and I was like, how can I share this with her in a fun way? I don't know. I'm not the most like creative drawer by any means, but yeah, I can draw. Okay. And I, I was like, okay, well, I'll draw the emojis. So I think it was like, it was honey and bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So I, I drew like the honeycomb stick thing with like honey dripping off of it and then a slice of bread and then some butter. And I just gave it to her and said, hi. And yeah, that's how we met. I been following your work a little closer ever since like, like any, anyone's work. It's like, you know, I always love having like a personal connection to them. So I, I think it just makes it that much more meaningful that we've been able to become friends over the years. That story, I've told it before in the podcast, (laughs) and it is to this day, the best thing that has ever happened to me. (laughs) It made me so happy when you did that, Brian. It's funny. We, we told this story. So Brian is in his hometown right now, but on the way from New York to, and we should mention, you didn't really fully introduce yourself, but we should mention, well, I'll let you, why can't you leave New York? (laughs) 
Oh, that's a good <laughs> point. Yeah, so I own a cafe called Daughter. It's it's in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. I actually opened it with a few of my friends that I met working at that coffee shop that Katie and I met at. Yeah, we've been open for about a year now, and the shop wasn't open yet, and then opened during like the three semesters, right? Yeah, it was some. Yeah. It was your project that you brought through the three semesters. Yeah, of Creative that's Underdogs, which so we'll talk wild. about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's so surreal. And I'm just, I'm incredibly, I, I don't like to say proud because I don't have anything to do with daughter becoming a coffee shop or Maggie mm-hmm. just got a new writing job. That's incredible. But I am mm-hmm. so proud of you too. I'm just so happy that these things are happening for you and you're so talented and dynamic and kind and really gentle human beings that I connect with and love. And I, I often say about this podcast that it's the greatest thing I've ever done. I used to, I still do. We, we have a kit for helping people start podcasts because I had been doing this for, I don't know, maybe five or six years. And I kept getting a lot of questions from people of like, Oh, how do you record? And how do you get it to iTunes? And what kind of microphone do you use? And so I was spending so much time like writing all these emails and then I like made it a Google doc I would send to people. And then people wanted to talk to me on the the phone and I did that. And eventually I did podcast advising with people and I made this course. It was a class that I led people through live and I would advise people on making podcasts and, and help people do it. And it still exists. If anyone wants to start a podcast, it's called the podcast kit. But it, during that time, I would often say two things to people over and over and over again. And it was that doing the podcast was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I believe podcasting is the new networking and it's allowed me, which networking is such a like icky gross term that I don't really believe in, (laughs) but I guess my networking is just relationships. You know, I have so many different relationships with people all over the world because of this podcast. And it's allowed me to meet so many people. And there's about to be 400 episodes. I'm not sure exactly when, but very, very soon. And in those 400 episodes, I, I would often say my great grandmother, I don't even think she knew that many people. And that's just the guests that I've had on the podcast. But I've also met so many people in the way that I met you two. We were starting to mention Brian's in his hometown now, but on the way through, he stopped in LA and stayed with me for a night. And we told this story of how we met to a friend of mine. We ended up having like a real wild situation. We were meant to record this in person (laughs) that day, but we have to, we have to tell this basically, (laughs) this is so sad and completely my fault, but Brian had a bag with two books in it and his phone and wallet and keys to his rental car. And I didn't carry a bag. So I Mm -hmm. asked if I could put my keys in. And we always joke that my keys are like a janitor's keys because I house it and just (laughs) people trust me with their keys. So I had like my keys to the shops Mm -hmm. that I work at and a bunch of friends and my apartment and then my car, blah, blah, blah. And Brian's (laughs) rental. Anyway, all this to say, we end up having this like wild goose chase of a day trying to print Brian a license that he could use on the plane 
Wayne and and we had to end up towing oh, yeah, his because, rental car. Oh, the bag got stolen. Oh, right. That's the business. thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. That's the very <laughs> yeah. lead. Yeah. So the bag got stolen. Yeah. And so yeah. Oh my God. We were like running around a mess trying we were to a mess. figure out figure out how to piece your life back together. So many logistical chores. That podcast was not happening. Not happening. And so instead, <laughs> no. we were like, definitely bonded us. And I will say this about Brian. So chill and kind through all of this. And I felt horrible. <laughs> I still feel horrible. But we were like running down the street and we had met my friend in the morning for coffee just like a couple hours before that, right before this incident happened and we had to get the rental car towed and we can't use my car because my key was gone so we're like running down the street we're carrying like suitcases and brian weirdly had like a ton of blankets in the car so i'm like carrying all this stuff and we see my (laughs) friend luckily who really like saved the day but we jumped in his car and he was driving us back to my apartment and and he was like so how do you guys know each other and we told the story or brian told the story and I was just like still hearing it. Best thing that ever happened to me. I know exactly what episode that was. And the, and those emojis, you were so funny in the way you told it. You were like, yeah, Katie was there for a really long time. Yeah. Katie knows how to hang in a cafe. Yeah. yeah. I do work in them too. (laughs) So I'm there, you know, you see how long some people stay for a little bit. Some people stay all day. Katie was not quite all day, but it, it was a good what four hours i don't know we were in his car and i was like so tired and delirious from the the situation that i was like okay brian we we get it i am a lingerer at a cafe (laughs) but that episode with the butter stick and the bread and the honey that was an episode with my friend savala nolan and at the end i do rapid fire questions and one of them is always what's the best thing you have eaten in the last week Savala's answer was so poignant to the rest of the conversation. And it was toast, bread, a really good piece (laughs) of sourdough with butter and honey. And it wasn't just the simplicity of that. It was that these were all three foods that she avoided so much, right? Like the the fat from the butter and the sugar from the honey and the bread and the carbs and whatever, whatever bullshit Mm -hmm. around that, right? Restriction. She was like, it's so interesting to me that that was my answer where these things were so off limits and they're so wonderful. And, you know, I often say this, but we have so few sensory pleasures in this lifetime. So to deny one of them is so sad to me. And when she gave that answer, I, yeah. I completely related and was really in it again at that time. And it was a really beautiful moment. So I made that the the emoji of the week. So it was not only, I mean, it was so, it's so, it happens um, from time to time that someone will say that they listen to the podcast. It happened more in New York and then it happens here. But when it does happen, I'm no matter what, like incredibly grateful and because it like basically never, ever happens. So when it does, I'm it's a real high and thrill. But the way that it happened with the emoji on the receipt and like how <laughs> and Brian being Brian and the specific emoji that it was and your drawings were incredible, by the way, you were a tremendous artist, but I kept it. I kept that piece of paper and it's somewhere. It was on my bulletin board in Greenpoint and I hope I can find it. I should frame it. 
we might need you to redraw it if I can't <laughs> find it, it yeah. on a piece of receipt. I yeah. could find some receipt paper. Okay. All right. That, yeah. That'll be special if it's on daughter receipt paper. I feel like we need to bring people in the loop on creative underdogs and what that even is and, and like why yeah. we're here and why we decided to do this episode. But let's warm up the mics, if you will, by which we've already done for a while. But <laughs> let's <laughs> tell me what the best thing that each of you have, have eaten in the last week. Oatmeal is my favorite meal in the world, which sounds, I mean, like I love mm. pizza too, but I haven't pizza. I haven't had pizza in the last week, but I had like the most delicious, like I made a double portion this morning. So I woke up just super hungry. And you know, when you just are so like, I am not usually super hungry first thing in the morning. So I feel like it was situational that like, it's like giant pot of just like warmth and mm. like so much nut butter was just the perfect thing for yeah. me. But also I'm also going to my mom's house for gumbo tomorrow. And I already know it's going to be the best thing that I'm eating this week. So that is my Mm. answer, even though I haven't had it yet. Oh, that sounds so good. I'm also such an oatmeal. I mean, I Mm. love it. Brian, when you were here, I kept being like, do you want some oatmeal? (laughs) Like I have it at all times. I think I got it when we got lunch. I I love an overnight oats. There's this one place in the neighborhood I was trying to get Brian to have it. And you were like, uh, I need real food and it's lunch. <laughs> but I got the over, I got the overnight oats because they, yeah. you would love it, Maggie. They put um, uh-huh. a big scoop of pumpkin seed butter on top oh, of it. I also, I love sweet things. So like to wake yeah. up first oh. in the morning and have something that's just like warm and sweet mm-hmm. and has like an ungodly amount of cinnamon in it is just exactly. Yeah, you got to dump cinnamon on it. We have the same, yeah. we have a similar palette. I am like just yeah. sweet swimming in cinnamon actually Uh, nick for one of my birthdays or christmas or something he bought me i'll I'll show you guys or brian maybe you saw it i have like the cinnamon sort of container that they have at a coffee shop that's like the sprinkle nice bought me one of those to put my cinnamon (laughs) in because i literally put it on everything and it's so apparently it's very american because my friend zoe who's from Tasmania, she's like, Oh my God, I can't with the cinnamon. Like, she's like, I don't, <laughs> she really doesn't like it. And it's apparently a, cause we grew up with like, did you guys grow up with cinnamon toast crunch and like cinnamon Absolutely. toast yes. and cinnamon waffles? Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have like this like cinnamon sugar mix, like just ready to go and yep. you just butter some toast and throw it on. It was so good. I used yeah. to go to the movie theater and we had our fresh popcorn that we were always really proud of. I don't know. It was delicious. It was the best popcorn I've ever had, but we had all these different mixes you could put on it and we had the cinnamon sugar and that was always, mm. I would like BYO kettle corn, I guess. For some reason that sounds gross, but also oh, really? I bet I would like it. Really it was really good. There was like a nacho mix and there was like a cinnamon sugar mix and mm. it's like a very fun, salty, sweet situation. Oh, I nice. do love a salty sweet. I, yeah. Like I said, I'm sure I would love it, but I used to mm-hmm. sneak popcorn into the the movie theater in Union Square and I got caught once <laughs> and I had to give it to the, that I would make it home with coconut oil and I would oh, put, okay. I'd usually put rosemary and nutritional yeast on it. But mm. one time I, I fucked around with cinnamon on it and it was pretty good, but it did get confiscated several times. And I would like Uh, ask the security guard or whatever. I'd be like, you should eat it. It's really good. I just made it fresh. And then I would (laughs) see him like toss it into the trash. Oh, Oh. did they have your picture up? Like watch for this woman. She will smuggle. Oh my God. I feel like they should have. I mean, it was so (laughs) expensive, but anyway, Brian, what, what was the best thing that you've eaten this week? Oh man, it's hard to say. I feel I've had a lot of, meals this week 
Or last week because we were here and I sent you to my favorite taco place in Topanga Canyon. Yeah, I mean, that was really good. I think my favorite meal, so my brother and mom like are just really good at like smoking and cooking and meats. So like my brother, maybe a pork, no, I can't remember. Rump roast maybe, I don't know. So he like cooked it in a sous vide and then like smoked it. It was so good. And then my mom has like this Kamado grill. It's like those green egg things. Oh, so she she cooked these chickens and they're just like so crispy and charred on the outside and moist on the inside. And that was probably that was probably my favorite thing this week. I've been yeah. kind of hitting all my favorite spots in Yakima. So there's like a foul spot I really like, and I got some tacos from one of my favorite spots. And yeah, just been eating a lot. I am to smoked things like smoked salmon or smoked fish or like Mm -hmm. white fish or mackerel or like the fishier, the better. And just Mm -hmm. smoked like any smoky flavor on anything is I am to that with savory as cinnamon flavored things to sweet. Yes. No, seriously. We do the exact same palette. When I was a child, like my favorite food, was always growing up, I have been eating a lock sandwich, like cream cheese, but just like nothing else. Mm-hmm. I just want bagel, sesame bagel, cream cheese, and locks. And I asked for that yeah. at like three years old at the counter. Like, can I have a lock sandwich? And they'd be like, you're three. Same, three. same. That's Me too. awesome. Yeah, I was the exact <laughs> yeah, I same way. Well, right. this is the food podcast. <laughs> yeah, very food forward. Yeah, and just to be clear, I eat oatmeal most days. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, so I have a, um, usually in my backpack, I just weigh out, I mean, you know, I weigh out coffee. So having a scale and weighing things to grams is just something that's like, doesn't sound, it sounds hard to you, but it's like hard not to do it for me. So, um, so yeah, I put like 70 grams of instant oats in, I throw like a bunch of walnuts and a ton of cinnamon and then like some coconut sugar and chia and flax. And then I usually just keep those in my backpack. I don't add water to it. And then you can just fill it with the water from a hot water tower. And that then you have oatmeal so just good. ready to go. That, that was always good. like my go-to, don't even think about it, like bring it to work. Yeah. Thing. Hot tip. Yeah. Literally hot. You put that in a mason jar we're working with? Yeah. Okay. Well, there there are, it's a very particular jar, but it's, I don't know, it's probably a 16 ounce jar. There's like this brand of salsa I love that's made in New York that they sell at Whole Foods and it's really expensive, but I love the jars. Oh yeah. Worth every penny then. Yeah. yeah so totally. like I, I use, I use the jars. So that's the jar. Long story We're starting short, a not second group. Jar. We're starting yeah. also a, an oatmeal enthusiast group on the side oh, of yeah. dogs. So if anybody mm-hmm. wants to join. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love I, that. We we better start talking about creative underdogs, but <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I don't yeah. want to at all. I want to keep talking about the I want to keep talking about the oatmeal. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I'm always asking people how they do their oatmeal. Dexter, my friend who you met, he works yeah. from a, an office and I we do laundry together and we'll there's a grocery store in the same complex as our where we do laundry. So we usually just like wander this grocery store together and like buy things that we don't need. And I like the little pack. I know it's bad and bad for the environment. And I like these little packets of instant oatmeal that they have there at this one specific grocery store. And every time he gives me shit, he's like, dude, you can make that like, cause he goes to work and he does a similar situation to you, Brian. Um, But there's something about, I don't know. And the The packet. 
it reminds me of camping. Like I like to yeah. do like a real camping mm. thing. And last thing I'll say about oatmeal, but if people are in <laughs> Highland Park, <laughs> the the overnight oats at Go Get Em Tiger is incredible. It's not even the coffee shop that I get coffee at ever, but I go there just for this dish. And my, I literally do have a group chat with my friend, Chris and Katie and the three of us, like whenever we get this oatmeal, we tell each other because <laughs> I was telling Brian this, cause it's what I got that, that fateful day, but it's yeah. always a different size. Like sometimes it'll be oh, the yeah, size of a yeah. Dix- Dixie cup and sometimes it'll be like <laughs> too much. And sometimes it's Goldilocks porridge literally, but yeah. you never know, which I, which I kind of like rolling the dice, but anyway, maybe we do a meetup there sometime. <laughs> yeah. Overnight oats me up. Yes, love it. Well, all right. So we've mentioned several times creative underdogs. And if people have mm-hmm. been listening to this podcast for any length of time, they've probably heard me mention it before. They also might be confused. And that's a great point because A, I have run this group. It's a it's a group that I started in 2020 and fall of 2020, ran it for three semesters, and then I stopped which we'll talk about. I didn't really know why it was stopping, which I would love to unpack with you two. I want to bring it back, but in a new way. That's why you two are here. We're going to do a little focus group. I've been thinking a lot about it for months and I want to go through and reveal to both of you what I'm thinking as two people who have been in it from the beginning. I hope we'll be in it for life, which is a lot of pressure. You can leave anytime you want. (laughs) No, this is not a codependent relationship, but I have a lot of ideas and I was going to do this call and not record it and just run these ideas by you two. And then I was like, you know what? I think this might make an interesting podcast to reveal this to you in real time and see your thoughts and then see other people's thoughts. And then we'll do it again in this new format. And when I feel inspired again, and that's the beauty of this is that I don't want to force anything. I really believe in perfect timing happening and not pushing when something isn't feeling correct anymore. So why people might be confused is because it was called creative underdogs for the first two semesters. And then in the second semester, I don't know if either of you remember this, but I was like, I want to switch the name, but it's too late. So it's called creative underdogs, but I really want to call it in process. I will explain why it was called creative underdogs and why it is technically called in process. And then the third semester I did it, I called it in process. And I don't know really with the name, what we're going to do. We can talk about that today too. I've asked both of you and everyone like, which one they like more and which one feels most correct. And everyone's kind of indifferent and likes both. So we can, <laughs> we can talk about it or who knows, maybe we can buy, combine them. It's probably the worst thing for clarity. You know, let me back up and explain what creative underdogs is and have you both help me explain what it is and why I started it, why I chose that name. The truth is about why I wanted to call it in process. And that's because it's a continuum and we are all constantly in process and growing and changing. And I really liked that. And I still do. You know, Maggie, you mentioned this in terms of let it out and my work being around growth and transitions and pivots and changing and in process really suited that. And we moved through it's four months and we moved through a positive feedback loop that the first month, theme is space. I believe for the creative process, you have to create space. 
We've had guests for that from everyone from Angie, who is a friend of mine, who is an architect and interior designer and feng shui consultant. So we talked about literally clearing clutter, creating space in our homes and in our lives. One of my favorite guests that we've had is Jezebel DuPont, who is a digital organization expert. So she'll help you from everything from organizing your inbox, which she did for me. I now have like a work inbox and a personal inbox and it's wildly color-coded and organized in this way that I could have never done for myself because I don't have that sort of brain. She helps people organize their files or in their Google Docs and their notes and their phone. And she led a workshop for that month, one semester. And... Anyway, so big shout out to her. All of these, if anyone joins this new iteration that we're doing, just to mention now, all of these archived conversations from me and all of these sessions and the guests that we've had on are all available. And if you're in it, you're able to listen to all of these conversations. But anyway, so the first month is space. The second month is gather. So that's when we're gathering inspiration, ideas, experiences. We're going out, we're doing artist dates from the artist way, Julia Cameron's book, where there's cornerstones of this practice that I'll let you both talk about. And part of that is journaling, which is what my book is about, which is something that's been a tremendous tool for me. So it's something that, you know, I'm always giving homework in these sessions. And part of that is working with having a journaling practice, at least during that month of this. That's the month we've had. One of my favorite of the guest conversations was when my friend Meredith was a guest for that month. And we did an entire session around crushes. And I believe that having a crush is very inspirational and <laughs> it's a really fun feeling of anticipation. It's all you know, it's a crush because it's crushing, right? Like it's, it's all fantasy and projection and really creative. And so we did a workshop around that. And Meredith is a tremendous collage artist and bassist. She's on tour right now with her band. She also made all the art for all of the kits, all the collage art and for our first zine. And that was one of my favorites. And then, okay, so then the next month, the third month, and if you're looking at this as a positive feedback loop, it's a circle. So the next thing on that circle is after you've taken in, right? After you've gathered, then you collate all of that and you sit and you try, right? So this is now like throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks. And I say to people, you know, you can bring a project through this, right? Like you can bring through, I want to, you know, make this photo project that's very specific. We've had someone do that. We've also had people like bring in a writing project or a specific podcast that they want to bring through this creative positive feedback loop. Or we've had people just like want to live a more connected, creative life without any specific project. We've also had people make a sake brand, right? Like Jonah, who I'll mention later, he ended up working for the sake brand that he built and made. And, and he's a really special member and someone who helped me really figure out what I was doing here through his feedback to this, which we'll get to. And you, Brian, of your coffee shop, like daughter was created through this. And I think that's really beautiful. And I, and I love so much. And the last part of the positive feedback loop, the final month of the semester is share. And it's called share because I really truly believe that for a project to exist in the world, 
it requires us to complete, it completes that loop, right? And the loop is never done. That's why it's a positive feedback loop. It keeps going and we do it again and again and again, and we are all constantly in process. But that piece of sharing and putting something out in the world allows you to iterate. It allows there to be feedback. It allows you to get information so you can grow. That's the part that makes growing happen. It's also a scary part. It's also really fun, depending on how you're feeling. And we've had several guests for that. But one of my favorite is Andre Vermeulen. She's an actress and she's been in so many different shows and projects and a comedian. And she did a one woman show and, and she talked about this, this bit about sharing and, and what that feels like. And so that's in the archive. Anyway, so that's the positive feedback loop that we move through each month. That's a bit about what creative underdogs is, but I've been talking for a while can you guys help me? What did I forget? Did I miss anything? And how would each of you explain it to a friend and what your experience was in it? Well, first of all, the community, it's really wonderful how the community forms and it ebbs and flows, but there's a lot of people who are in it. Like the first time I've been in it all three sessions, there are people who have joined and left and joined. Like it's been so cool to see the transition of who joins, who continues to do it. The community that it attracts, what I find so wonderful about it is that everybody is very different, but still like rooted in the same goal and shared values. Everybody who's there is there very intentionally. Like nobody's there passively. Everybody is there because they have a thing that they want to work on. Not only is it a positive feedback loop, like individually, but it's such a positive group to be in as a community of such different people with different things that they're working on but needing the same support and wanting to bring the same kind of energy and care and safety and accountability to the space. Like it just makes it the most wonderful environment to learn and grow and really push yourself in. Like, it's not just we come and we talk, we listen to people speak and it's amazing, but it's also like, there's like work sessions where you just log on and everybody just works in the same group. Like, and that's honestly, that's one of my favorite things because that to me is to just show up and be able to like co-work and know that everybody's also working hard on what they're focusing on. It could be the most, like, I'm just like wanting to write essays. Brian's building a whole business, which like we're working on very different things, but we're wanting that same process, that same community. And it's just really like my favorite thing about it is like the difference in who joins, but the same core values and reasons for wanting to be there. What it is logistically, it's like we said, four months. So each month we meet three times. The first thing we do is a theme discussion that we call creative clinic around the monthly theme. We would talk about, you know, spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, where we are through the lens of creativity. But also I believe my friend who's a therapist, but not mine has this quote where she says, everything is everything. That's why this, this round of this is it's not fully about creativity although it is because everything is everything, but where we are in our relationships and our friendships and our home is all connected and it always was. And so it was this supportive group discussion. And then we would have what Maggie was referring to a co-working session, essentially. So it was a work session where we would all get on Zoom together. We would do two Pomodoros and it's this productivity technique. And we would all go around, say what we were going to work on where we were that day. Sometimes I would have a start with an activity like a journaling exercise. I would usually read a poem or a quote or a short story or like tell everyone to watch a video and we would discuss it 
briefly and then, or we would dance to a song or once I had us do like a foot massage or meditate or whatever. And then we do two Pomodoros techniques. So that's working for a specific amount of time, taking a break together for five minutes and then doing another. Sometimes we would do two or three and whoever wants to come to that comes to that it's open. And then we would meet again with a, with a guest and those are all archived. And that's what I was, that's what I was referring to. So that's the, that's the sessions. And then, you know, at the end we would usually do what I would call like a recital or a rap party. And we would usually drink something and all go around and kind of say what we learned and, and what we brought through that, that loop. So that's the logistics. How, how did I do with that, Brian? This week's episode is brought to you by Aura Organics. I truly love Trust Your Gut. It appealed to me because I have been taking probiotics for nearly a decade and I've tried so many of them, but the quality of Trust Your Gut really shows me how much more effective this product is than any that I've ever tried. Aura's Trust Your Gut probiotic and prebiotic supplement contains some of the world's most powerful probiotic strains along with prebiotics to help the good bacteria actually thrive in your gut so the probiotics can work smarter not harder we love that in every way they're great for helping with common digestive issues and a healthy mix of probiotics has been linked to helping your immune system and it can even impact mood, which I didn't know. I think that's really cool. These contain highly researched probiotic strains that are resistant to stomach acid. So they can actually allow their benefits to work within your body. They're available in both capsule and powder form. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I thought I wouldn't like the powder and I thought I wouldn't use it and I actually asked for the capsules, which are great and I love. However, the powder, it's so good. I was adding it to oatmeal and smoothies until I started just eating it plain because I really like the taste so, so much. You can buy this at several retailers which are on Aura's website, but also go to Aura's website because you have nothing to lose. Try Aura's products, and if you're not happy for any reason, within 60 days, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. Get 30% off your first subscription when you text OUT to 64,000. Text OUT to 64,000 and get 30% off your first subscription. That's OUT to 64,000. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Aura Organic slash terms. For me, I think the biggest part of it was like uh, communal containers. It, it's like nowadays it's hard to find spaces where you can take creative projects or like interpersonal stuff that you're going through and kind of throw them all together and have a group of people who share in their specific, yeah, just the specific things they're going through. You find like the universal and what they're doing. It applies to you and helps you learn and grow. Having the like the share, gather, try, share kind of positive feedback loop framework kind of just reminds me of the seasonality of life. It's like in the same way when you live in a place like that's not LA or New Orleans, there's like mm -hmm. winter, spring, summer, and fall, and your body kind of just wants to do these things naturally. And there's like that anticipation for the change. So I think being able to kind of just like 
come back time after time, going through this time and time again, you're reminded of the things you forgot. Every time we, another year goes by, we learn so much about ourselves and what we're doing and what we enjoy and what worked and what didn't in each other. And I think like creative underdogs is just a good way to like, you know, either like take something specific through it. I feel like I juggled starting a cafe and also just like trying to provide space for like creative projects. Yeah, I've always loved like film photography and, you know, still find it challenging to remember that I enjoy it. So I think like having these containers where we can do these things is just really helpful. I I think like in having this ritual of like meeting with each other in intention to work through some of these things and like hear what Katie's thinking about and kind of just bouncing off of that and then reflecting on what like what we're thinking about in our daily lives. That is like what Creative Underdogs is to me. I think it what it does for me is brings me back to center and brings me back to like a group of people where in the day in day outs of our work and jobs, we can kind of reflect and think about like what our priorities and values are in life through like specific things we're working on. Yeah. Well, I loved what you said about the seasonality of it, because that's something that I didn't anticipate in the first session, but to put people into time of when this started, it was October of 2020. So I had just accidentally moved to Los Angeles from New York because I was actually with Kristen and, and Natalie who have the podcast create, but Brian found me through and I was a guest on their show when I was living in New York. And I remember that day going over to their apartment and, and actually like right after that, Kristen was like, do you want to come to Bali with Natalie and I? And I was like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, hard. Yes. I started the year in Bali with them for a week and then I stayed for a month and then went on to Australia and then ended up here and I was living with people and it was, you know, a whole thing. And then in October of that year of 2020, I really decided to, to move here. I found an apartment and I was in this apartment when on the day we started this in 2020, I was new to Los Angeles and experiencing not having seasons. And I kept saying that that year was my year of summer because I, you know, was in Australia for their summer and in Bali, which was tropical. And then, you know, it was basically summer by the time I, it was spring, but it was warm. And then it was October and it was a million degrees and I was in this apartment and I was not experiencing fall and I had nothing. I didn't even have a chair to sit on for the first session. I, I had to use the hot spot on my computer because my internet wasn't set up or on my phone wow. because my internet wasn't set up. And I think I had like one stool that my friend, Christine, who was my one friend here brought me to borrow. And that's what I did this first session from. And the way I came up with that positive feedback loop was first month, I needed seasons. We have to keep in mind the the timing of this. And if people listen back to those conversations in the archive, like we're talking about what's going on in the world. So October of 2020 is long before a vaccine. It's long before Delta and Omicron, like this is like peak Mm -hmm. pandemic. We haven't seen people for months. So I think that's why that session in particular was so poignant. And I Mm -hmm. remember it very, very, very well. I remember that first day very well. 
and then, you know, we did a second semester, which was still very pandemic. And then the third semester, it was after the vaccine. I remember Brian, the day that you got your vaccine, you yeah. got yours pretty early before anyone else that I knew. And I remember you being like, yep, it's, I got Moderna. It, it was the first time I'd heard the word Moderna. And January 6th was another day that we had a session. Yeah. And I remember sh mm -hmm. showing up yeah. and that had just happened. And we showed up to a session and it was so <laughs> wild. And we had to like, obviously much like what's going on in the world, colors, everything that happens. And so yeah. it was really nice to have community within this really tumultuous time in both my life and what we all were going through. And the sessions, I had found great inspiration from this from several places, but one of them is I've been in a lot of 12 step recovery rooms over the years, especially when I was in New York. And then now here I go to Al-Anon and in these rooms, you know, there's a very low tolerance for bullshit in recovery rooms of any kind. That level of sharing and connecting really inspired me. And, and I think that's what I felt being able to be with all of you through ever with what was going on in the world, find some community. It was really important at that time. And I think it still is, but I want to revamp it and change it because we're in a different spot with the pandemic. You know, I, I won't say post pandemic because who knows, but we're in a different phase than we were in 2020. And now there's a lot of furniture in my studio apartment and I have a chair to sit on and, and Brian's <laughs> cafe exists when it was just really a concept at that point to keep doing something. I was going to just do it again, a fourth semester and I'll set to do that. And I just stopped. I just didn't do it because so much had changed and I needed to reflect, which is why we're here. I feel like for a session, like the world has changed so rapidly the past like 10, 15 years, but like the past two, three years, especially it's been so rapid. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about like, I don't know what generation I am because I'm in between millennial and Gen Z, but I also feel like there's so many like micro generations because the world changes so quickly that we all have different cultural touch points in that space. I just remember everybody being just so happy to be there. Like, I remember the feeling of being in a space like, Oh, like this is like Katie you always use the word correct. And it felt very correct to be in that room with everybody who was there. Everybody was just super, just like super lovely and super happy to be there. And I knew the second that I was in it, that it was absolutely like what I needed in that moment of time. And it's continued to be that even though I've changed. And like, truthfully, I mean, the thing with creative underdog slash in process too like, yes, it's a space of community gathering. And that's the first thing I said, like, what does it mean to you? That's the first thing that came to mind. But it's also, it gives you really actionable tools. So while you're like connecting and like experiencing life, you get really actionable tools to take into your life. And Katie, you talk a lot about being a life artist. It's like the best version of what the internet can give you in terms of connection and moving life forward. And that it was a time when like the world felt stuck and to have these seasons of tasks and guidance to work through, it really was a way to feel like the world kept moving forward at a time where the world really wasn't moving. So that's what really was to me, so resonant in that first semester. And I think Brian, you put it so beautifully when you talked about it in seasons that way, because that was like, I couldn't put my finger on the language ever about how to say like what it gave me in that first time, but that's it. And I've continued to, as I've like built my career in a lot of patchwork ways, creative underdogs has always been a space for me to like work on that and flex that muscle and grow and really push myself to grow, not only in community, but like truly with actionable tools.
literally Monday, I said yes to my first job as a full-time writer and to be able to build that confidence, that trust in myself and to just have, give myself that accountability and like truly tools and actionable steps. That to me has been really special about the process too. So for anybody who like wants tools and not just a supportive community, but also like tools, because Katie, like your work too, is like you've, you talk to creative people all the time and you're a creative person yourself. So you've become this wealth of knowledge about creativity over the course of your career. So I think that I, I always want people to understand that like what is in Katie's podcast and what's in Katie's brain through these many, many, many years and many, many interviews that you've done, like that's in process. And I guess that's my question to you too, Katie, like how do you feel in process reflects how let it out has grown over time? And I know it's changing and I know you're going to go into that too, but I am curious about that. Like where, how the state of in process kind of reflects the state of let it out in general and how mm. that's grown. That's such a good question. And I'm just so happy for you with your new job and thinking yeah. about where you were and working in retail. Like it's just, it's truly incredible. I mean, let it out is always in process, right? Like I have to constantly, I've been doing it for, it'll be 10 years. So I have to make it interesting for me. I have to make it authentically feel like something that is present for me. And that's why it's changed and, and grown changed. I won't say not even grown, but of course it's changed so much over the last decade because I've changed so much over the last decade and it's constantly in process. It's constantly moving because through the people I'm interviewing, through the conversations that I'm having, through the people who are listening, you know, people come and go and, and I'm really happy and proud of where it is right now. And I haven't always felt that way. And I go in and out of that, but I, I feel really grateful that I get to do it and I want to keep doing it. And this group is really an extension of that. This group is a way for people to listen to the podcast, to come together and have support and have community and talk about the things that we're moving through in our lives and the concepts that we've spoken about on the podcast, there's a shared language. There's a shared bit of information because the people who are there, most all of them listen to the podcast weekly or every once in a while, or they read my newsletter. So there's what I'm pondering and and learning and sharing in real time. This is a way for me to, to extend that. And I want to go back a little bit to the podcasting workshop that I led. So that was specific to podcasting, but this is like taking the thread back a few steps of how I came to wanting to do this in October of 2020. It wasn't just this, Oh, let's like jump on zoom and hang. It was like a very deliberate situation because I was doing that, you know, helping people start podcasts. And so I was helping people start podcasts, which was great. And in these, they were, I really have trouble using the word coaching, but they were like, they were where people were able to bring their projects to ripen their podcasts to ripen. And I would advise on them. Right. So I thought it would be people being like, all right, should I call it this or this, or what should my title be? Or what kind of microphone should I use? But essentially in those conversations, people weren't asking these technical questions. I kept giving people permission to make their thing, basically being like, not only do you need to make it, but you're robbing the world of something that someone could really love. I got the idea for creative underdogs when I got 
invited to speak at a podcasting festival. And the people who were speaking before me had this huge podcast, a lot more listeners than I do. And I felt so self-conscious and, and I, I was like, all right, well, like, should I even go? And I was talking to my friend Joey on the tube in London. And Joey was like, why don't you just lean into that? In her British accent, she's like, lean into mm-hmm. that feeling, like talk about that feeling. And I was like, okay. And so I made this presentation. I made this like really funny PowerPoint with gifts about feeling like a creative underdog. Like I just leaned into the fact that like, I didn't feel good enough to be there. Cause I was like, all right, all these people just heard these very successful podcasters, give them advice in a talk. And then I'm having to come in like five minutes after that. Right. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I leaned into this and I made this really funny, like underdog. The first gif on my goofy presentation was this underdog gif that I found. That's like a meme. And I was like, I am a, creative underdog. And I am someone who dabbles. I have felt like a master of none. That's been something that has been a theme on this show a few seasons ago where I was asking everyone like, do you feel like you're a master of none? Like do a lot of, do you do a lot of things, but not that well because of that? I think, you know, the podcast isn't the only thing that I do and I've had to do a lot of other things for money and I still do. And also, I think that's relatable. And I leaned into that. And still, I was saying to people like, you have permission to make your thing, even if no one listens to it, because it feeds you. Because Elizabeth Gilbert says, unused creativity is not benign. We have to make things because it enriches our lives. And we learn about ourselves in the process. So in process, that's kind of my first iteration of what a creative underdog was. As far as the support and community, we've covered that at length. And I think that was so important during that time. And now I I think a big reason why I didn't relaunch it was like, I was so fucking burnt out about Zoom. Like I didn't want to hang out on Zoom anymore. <laughs> None of us did. Like yeah. it was really needed then, but now I just want to be out in the world. I want to be doing things. I want to be running around. I want to like feel and taste and touch. That's what a life artist would want to do. So it didn't feel correct anymore to, to do it again. And I don't want to force anything. And so I just stopped. And that's something that I learned from Kristen and Natalie, actually. It's like when something's not working, stop just stop, just stop. And the co-working sessions are now something that I'm craving again, because I, I think I overcorrected and I was so out in the world and I was so doing things that I was like spending my days walking around my neighborhood, getting coffee with friends and then getting a drink. And then, you know, that I'm, I'm ready to like winter again. I'm ready to move through that creative loop. And another quote from Elizabeth Gilbert that I just heard her say in a podcast that I listened to yesterday was about solitude where she was, she says, I spend a lot of time in solitude and that's like a really big top line for her. And she said about solitude, I need it in order to be able to hear what I need to hear from my intuition. Otherwise I'm looking at too many other people and asking them if I'm okay. And that to me is where I was like, that really was the mirror of like, Oh, I'm like searching for my okayness and my validation from other people because I need to 
sit with myself, right? I need to make some things and I'm procrastinating essentially. And that's what the work sessions are about. We are together able to create some collective momentum to get some things done. And it's the tedious things. It's the things that we don't want to necessarily do. Sometimes I was doing spreadsheets for my accountant in those sessions. Sometimes I was writing the ads for the podcast or sometimes people were meditating. I think our work often creative work is really lonely, right? Like it's, it's really lonely. And I often, I spend a lot of time on my own and I have a a tendency to disassociate pretty easily. And I think it's something that definitely comes in hot with people who have any sort of ED history, but I think a lot of us do this, but I think we get very good at leaving our bodies, right? Because our bodies like aren't safe and we don't want to pay attention to our bodies because then we would have to listen to our bodies and then we'd have to eat and that's the whole thing. Right. So I still tend to disassociate, but when you're living with other people, you can co-regulate when you work at an office, you can co-regulate with people a little bit. And you have these markers of like, I have to be somewhere at a certain time, or this person is going to sleep right now. I guess I should probably wind down or I'm going to ignore that and do something different. And that's very intentional or they're up and they're awake or they're, you know, you just see these markers of being around people. And I was living alone for the first time in years. That was another big piece of me being in this apartment and starting this. And now I figured out how to be alone really well. Like I really like it. I crave it. And I was afraid of it. And so those alone time with other sessions were a time for me to stop procrastinating. When we do that in a group, there's a shared momentum that can occur. And so I think there is something about all of us doing something together at the same time that felt really correct at that time and and feels correct to me again. Whew, I've been talking forever. Um, <laughs> how does that feel? That's been great though. What did I, what yeah, did I miss? <laughs> no, that's so true though. I, I really feel that. And like alone together is... It's that accountability piece. That's the cool thing about it is that it's flexible and it's agile and life changes. And it's cool to have this like really cool community and space that can change with it. I I guess like what I was reflecting on when you're talking is like kind of just what I want to take through the next round is trying to carve out space and solitude in my life intentionally where, where you can slow down and hear, hear yourself and actually feel your feelings through like your own lens instead of just through the lens of your surroundings and who you're around. We all go through these seasons of like going out more or going in more. I think like my experience of the pandemic was, I think was different than most. I was like starting a business and having to work two jobs and working like six days a week through the time. So like creative underdogs was kind of this claiming my stake in the earth or whatever. I'm just like, okay, like, like I need to take some time where I'm like thinking about what I want to be doing and who I am and reflecting and working through personal stuff too. That's a really good point. And I want to tell you about the new iteration, the new version and what I came up with and get your feedback, because basically I want to take the best parts of what we were doing and enhance them and evolve to a time we're in now and what feels good for us. But the biggest thing that I'm adding is make this more specific, right? So each time we do this, we're going to take through a collective theme. So it's going to be more like a class, more like an adventure that I'm going to lead. Uh, There's always these themes that come up that I end up writing about in my newsletters and writing essays about and pitching essays about and come 
that comes into my writing and it comes into, you know, I think both of you know this and I, and I've done this to some extent with, with you. It's so hard for me to say this. I don't know why, but I do creative consulting with, with brands, with companies and with individuals who are transitioning through different things. And I will advise them on it in one-on-one and it's, really wonderful. And it's really important. And the way that I do that is because I'm neutral and I care. Right. And I, and I believe that we're not meant to, as Esther Perel says, we're not meant to put all of our eggs into one person, right. Into our romantic partner. We're meant to live in communities and and have friendship is so important to me. People who can support us in different ways and all of our different needs. And so I'm really stepping into, and Maggie, you were saying this, everything that I've gleaned and learned from the people who I've spoken to over the years and what I've figured out from being someone who's been through a lot of transitions and moved about a million times and had about a million careers and jobs and avenues where I've put my knowledge. And I feel much more comfortable interviewing other people, but in, in creative underdogs, we'll just call it. And in process and this new iteration, I want to be able to open up the room and open up the container. And this is not different from what I've done, but go around the room and take people through an adventure, a class, if you will, on a specific subject. And by doing that, by people asking questions and sharing their blocks and me hopefully being able to be neutral and advise and maybe give, maybe try this or have you, can you flip this concept on its head and try it this way or do it backwards or maybe try journaling about that or try this exercise or don't journal anymore. It's too much or whatever it is. Like you'll be able to a, maybe glean something that will be applicable to you as well in the group coaching, right? In the group connecting, in the group sharing, but also we learn about each other and that's what makes the connection deeper. And that's what makes us be able to continue that. But the difference this time, I keep like bearing the lead this time, drum roll, it's going to be focus. I believe that our phones, especially social media, are constantly fracturing our focus all day. And I believe we're all really craving focus and that's what we're actually starved for. We think we want distraction, but what we really want is focus. And that's what connects us. This time we're going to move through this topic of focus, focus fractures and how, you know, some of them are inevitable, right? Like you might be really in focusing on a project or present with what you're doing and it feels so good, but you have to go to work at a specific time. Right. And that's a focus fracture that you set up and we're an active participant in creating. However, in the moment it's now become a hindrance to your focus. And so we're going to look at like how we can create periods of focus very intentionally and also flow within when focus fractures inevitably occur. That's the main difference between this one and the last several rounds. And really it. So what, what do you, what do you all think of that? I'm so excited for this. Truly. I mean, like, I think like that to me in my brain feels like the one natural progression, but two, like I will talk anybody's ears off. I mean, like Katie and I have been talking about this a lot too, because I was just telling Katie about how I was applying for jobs and why I wanted to mostly leave social media, which is where I've been working for the past few years. And really it was just, I, I just needed to, and I'm in process of like, it's not that I have done this yet, but 
I think attention is, I mean, like attention is like the most valuable, like they say like data is the most valuable resource in the world, which is true, but like data is gotten by us giving our attention in all these places. And attention is so like, I guess your languaging of focus, I always think of it as attention. It's the same thing, but like we live mm-hmm. literally in an attention economy. And so like, what are the ways, how is that, how is that affecting us? And what ways can we reclaim that attention and reclaim that focus? And so I'm very excited for this. Good. Yeah. And it's not going to be focused every time. Like we'll hopefully move Mm -hmm. through this, have some not resolution in it, but we'll learn whatever we can learn. We'll explore whatever we can explore. And then we'll adventure elsewhere. Like I, I will guide us to whatever the next theme that we're talking about a lot in the podcast conversations. So, you know, maybe it's anger, maybe it's expressing emotion, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, maybe I'll have people vote on what we want to do next time. But I think this will allow us to cultivate our connection with this topic and figure out what we do something. And this is the other big announcement. I'm making a zine dedicated to you two. Did I tell you that Brian got to see a little bit of it and he got to see the cover when he was in town, but Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. I'm making a let it out neck zine. And it's about this. It's dedicated to the founding members of creative underdog slash in process. It's about finding your creative combination and redefining it because Mm. that's something that is a foundation of, of this. Every first day of every semester, we talk about what I call the creative combination, which is like getting the conditions that you prefer in place to be able to focus essentially, but to make anything right. So it's like, we can't always control those conditions to be what we want them to be, but we can try to at least define them. And that's what the zine Mm -hmm. helps people to do. And then if you can define them, know that they're always going to change, but what are they for this season? What are they for this semester? And how can you set yourself up to be able to achieve those. And sometimes it's more time out in the world. Sometimes it's more time alone. Sometimes it's a combination of both. So that's what will be in the zine. And that's something that we'll, we'll bring through this as well. So very exciting. Yeah. And it's going to involve field trips. Like I want us to maybe do meetups. We'll still maybe do occasional artist talks, but there's going to be the archive of course is, is there, like we talked about, and then maybe we'll do We've done book clubs before. We might, there might be a book club element to this. There might be some artist studies we'll, where we'll unpack someone kind of like I did with Carolina, who's an expander for us. And we'll each do that in a book report sort of a way where we'll each pick someone, really learn about them and like dive deep on what it is about them and how we can incorporate their practices into our own lives, whether it's a person we know that we can then tell the group about and share or someone that we maybe all know an artist that we'll work through together, but that'll be really how, how this will run this time, more of a, more of a class setting. And I really just wanted to see what you both thought of this and what your feelings are about it. And we've, I mean, this is so silly. I said, I had a hard stop. I had to like move (laughs) my last thing. And we've, I literally put timestamps on like, what we'll talk about this for this long. I think halfway through this, I was like, Oh yeah, none of those are going to apply here. I I think that's one thing I'm very confident about is that nothing can be done with a hard stop with 
us anytime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I'm kind of the same way. So I just kind of expect it to go that way. But yeah, I really like this. I think, yeah, I mean, I feel like I WhatsApp messaged you the other day when someone was on the podcast and when they started talking about focus, I was just like, oh my God, I feel so split lately. Like attention splitting is something I like notice a lot, just like the nature of the work that I do that when I'm at work, it's like when you work as a barista at a cafe and you're ringing people up and making drinks and juggling all this stuff and you know you want to like pre-close or make stuff for the next day or get it set up for the person who's coming before you it's like there's just a lot of competing interests that you have to weigh and juggle and it's overwhelming the focus shift is really important i think it could apply to work and at home and all this stuff too so i i really think having like a specific well focus <laughs> for each each class it's really helpful too. It just kind of like keeps it a little more contained. We were talking about this in LA, but it kind of like, you know, you can run each thing through the positive feedback loop of like space and gather and try and share. And I think that'll just help a lot for that because yeah, it's like, I I think a lot of this is just, we always have these grand aspirations of like how we want to change ourselves in our lives and our communities and like our, as simple as like just our house. And it's like, it's nice to have something to focus on and run this through. This will be a good way to do it. What really struck me when you're talking about like at work, you're especially like your work, it's people facing, but it's also like you're doing tasks and managing while you're also working with people. And I think a lot of the, like why focus feels so just poignant for just, I mean, this moment in time, like, I don't know when you said that, that really hit me. And I was thinking not just about like, how it's in every part of life we're managing it right now. So we're at work and our attention is everywhere. And of course it depends like people's different work environments. And we, we live just live in a reality where there's always something that's splitting our attention in a lot of different ways. It's very rare for anybody to like have the experience where like they're at home and they have their attention everywhere and then they go to work and it's not that and vice versa. It's like, there's not really an arena in which it's not happening because of technology and because of our phones. So yeah, yeah, that just, I was really sitting with that thought while you were describing your experience and why it did feel freeing and why focus feels relevant. Everybody who's in the group is so very different and we're working on radically different projects, but it's like being wanting to make that transition from creative underdog to life artist. And it doesn't even need to be one thing to just be driven to carve that space out in your life. Like to me, like personally, it was a step of like, okay, I'm going to work on this. And that's the feeling I always come back to of like, that's what I feel like started a a part of a very long journey for me, but it was definitely a step in the road of like making a choice. Being a creative underdog is like having, it's having a willingness to show up and wanting to have accountability in a group, but also having accountability to yourself. And it's very much every season, every semester, I've always been like, I am making the choice to be here and work on this thing. So it's all, a lot of it is about that feeling of commitment and wanting to yeah do do right by like this wonderful resource and wonderful community that you join but also wanting to do right by yourself in the process and really like give justice to the thing that you're trying to bring into the world i want to have members lead workshops too like something that brian and i did we did this on instagram live but i had never made coffee here before by myself. Mm -hmm. And so Brian led a coffee workshop and that was really cool. 
Yeah, just allowing yourself to try things that you're interested in without the pressure of it being just flawless and perfect. I have a hard time like really trying new things, especially if I don't think I can do them well. So like, I think just finding spaces where you can try new things or explore things you know you love but forget and and just like have a safe, cozy, comfortable space to like share the process of that. I think because we're exposed to so much media in television and film and Instagram, photography, video, like all, all fashion, like all these things, it's like, I, I don't feel like I actively compare myself to other people constantly, but I, I do feel like I just have this very, well, maybe I can't share something just because it's not as polished as the standard I, I would like expect it or want it to be. I mean, like anytime you try something new, you're you're not going to be good at it the first time. And just finding the things you enjoy the process of doing. It's just so crucial. I, I think like, that's what I think of when I think of creative underdogs, just like people are going for and trying new things and pursuing things that they might not do professionally, but it feeds you in some sort of way, or you can integrate it into something you're doing for work. Well, let's stop talking about creative underdogs, unless there's anything that, that you both want to add, but let me know what you're, what are each of you learning lately or pondering and what do you want to recommend to people? It can be books or movies or podcasts, or we talked a lot about food other than oatmeal. What's something else that you can leave people with? I guess what I've been pondering lately, I'm very much somebody, I don't always have a sense of urgency about things. <laughs> um, <laughs> like with my, there was a whole thing the other day with trying to record this podcast where I was convinced that I was going to go to the dentist. Like my tooth really hurt. And I thought mm. I was going to have to get my tooth pulled out. And they're like, no, you're fine. You just have a receding gum line and you bothered your tooth somehow. And I was like, sorry to bother you. <laughs> um, it literally, I like said, I sent Kitty this like frantic message. And I was like, this Aww. might take hours. I have no idea how long it's going to take. I feel terrible. And we rescheduled. And then I like left the dentist 15 minutes later, the diagnosis. And I was completely fine. They gave me just like Advil. It was like so weird and random. And, but all that to say, my partner made a comment where he was like, usually when you have like a big thing you need to take care of, you usually take a little bit longer. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I've just been feeling like I kind of want to just do stuff when I need to lately. And I've been getting a lot of positive results from it. So that's really what's been on my mind lately of just like, instead of letting laundry pile up, like I have a tendency to do in life in general, just kind of. I've been trying to do my best in taking time where I need to. And also like just doing something like when it comes to, like, I just had this process of applying for jobs and I applied for this job that was like my dream. And I thought I'm not qualified on paper. I'm just going to leave this. And I was going to do the thing that I do where I just kind of like leave it in a tab and leave it in a tab. I'm a big tabs person. I like promise myself I'll read the thing or do that other thing. And I often don't get to a lot of it, but I had it in a tab, but I looked at it and I was like, I don't want this to just be a tab. I want this. I want this. I want to do this. And I was just applying like crazy and I ended up getting the things. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking about a lot lately is if I see a thing or feel like I should do something. And a lot of that, honestly, if we're still on the theme of focus, a lot of that has come from being in a process of reclaiming focus and reclaiming attention that I can actually, like you said, Katie, I can, I feel like I can actually feel what it is more so that I should be doing immediately because sometimes 
I'm also very dissociative and that's part of where it comes from too, that like, it's not even an indecisiveness. I'll just kind of like leave my body for a while. And I, I leave tabs open in a lot of metaphorical ways in life. That's really been where my attention has been. <laughs> if you've heard any of us talk, I think we all three are <laughs> I know. exactly the same way. Yeah. Every yeah. time yeah. I send Katie a voice message, I'm like, hey, I have like I look at my messages from last time. I'm like, mm, that's too much. And mm. I'll like promise myself, I'll like I'll always say, gonna keep this short this week. And then at the very end I say, sorry, that was so long. What you said there was so perfect. I, I mean, I think I've been Obviously, you know, we mentioned focus, but I think that disassociative nature is something that a lot of us are feeling right now and experiencing. Like people are talking a lot about goblin mode, right? Of of kind of getting into these patterns that we maybe need to lean into. And there are periods of that. And then there are also periods to lean into the opposite, which is there's a line in Frances Ha where she says, sometimes it's good to do things at the time you're meant to do them. And I think what you're talking about and what you shared is about completion, right? It feels really good to complete things. And I am someone who is all over the place and, and tends to, you know, have many tabs open literally right now I'm looking at them all and figuratively (laughs) in my brain. However, I am also really on top of some of my shit, right? Like, because I'm someone who is like an alone person sort of floating through the world. My friend Crystal pointed this out to me recently. She's like, it's so funny for someone who's so disorganized in a mental sort of a way and has so many tabs open on their computer and ideas. And I'm so spread out there, but my apartment is always like meticulous in an almost OCD sort of way that I have to keep that really clean and minimal and and simple because I'm so chaotic in these other ways. And, and similarly, I always, it's funny you brought up the dentist. Like I go to the dentist regularly. I'm on top of my like laundry and my, you know, life errand logistics all the time in a way that like would seem uncharacteristic for how the, I live the rest of my life. And yet I think we do that because it feels good to bring some things to completion. There's a dopamine release when you're able to finish something. And I think for all of us, because we are people who do multiple things and juggle many different things, that's something that as a, as a creative underdog, if you will, it's essential that in other parts of our lives, we are staying on top of, of, of it because it allows us to have some freedom and create, creative openness because those other things are are being taken care of if we understand ourselves and have that kind of like it it takes a lot of self-awareness too to know like i need to do this so that i can let myself like i need to have discipline here so that i can let myself be free here yeah creative constraints yeah it's funny catching me on vacation because i i think like the whole not having my phone thing kind of cleared things out a bit and just kind of made me realize how much I was like, just like on a feed, just constantly consuming and listening and watching and reading and to the point where it's like too much. And I feel like I haven't been able to retain a whole lot lately. And it's like thinking about what some of my favorite things have been recently. I'm like, damn, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I, at least for podcasts, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I love Glenn and Doyle's podcast. It's so good. They always have so many good people on. And I mean, Brene Brown's, both of her podcasts are amazing. 
with visiting family and friends, I think I've just kind of, you know, seen the part of myself where I kind of like to just go along for the ride. Um, I'm like this trip. I haven't felt like planning a whole lot. It's been nice to kind of like think of friends I want to see and see them, but like not really force plans or anything. But the longer I'm home, the more I remember like the, the, kind of the pull you feel when you visit home. Mm. It's like you, you know, there's never going to be enough time to see everyone and talk to the people you want to see and um, spend enough time with family. I'm definitely more of a quality time person. It's like, I'd rather hang out for three hours, but it'd be very intentional and quality time than like spend all the time with people, you know, and feel drained and not really get anything out of it. Um, But that might be something they get out of it. So yeah, like with visiting my family, it's like my grandma's getting older and just thinking about, yeah, just getting to spend good quality time with her. So like I went over a few times and just tried to not really have anything going on and just try to talk with her and ask her questions and just hear about her life and hear about what, you know, what she's doing now and how, what she looks back on and enjoys and stuff enjoyed about her life. But yeah, I think when I, the, I think the lessons I'm learning right now are just kind of like, I I think like I'm excited to go back to New York and kind of, I I feel like there's a decluttering that needs to happen because there's so much sensory overload in New York that I I think like I, and I really love it there and I don't want to leave, but I think it's just so important that I, carve out good a long time and find those spaces where I I don't feel the pressure. I think it's constantly finding that if I'm around people for a really long time, I crave alone time. And then when I'm alone for too long, I, that is problematic in my own brain and I crave being around people. It's, it's like the oatmeal it's at the place. You yeah. gotta find the Goldilocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this. I can't believe we've been going for two hours. If each of you have a very quick, quick fire question you want to give us, we can end with yeah. that. What was a simple moment this week that you felt a greater connection to yourself and your surroundings? Mm, that's such a good one. That's really lovely. It's jasmine season right now in New Orleans, which is my favorite. Oh. Like the smell when you walk through the city right now is so beautiful because the jasmine is everywhere. And jasmine is like so, it, like you like it, you walk outside and you smell it right now. Like yeah. it's, it's not like you have to go up to the flower and smell it. Like the whole city is just soaked in it and it's beautiful. And mm. uh, my partner Mason, like Mason always makes fun of me because like he, I, I can't help but stop at every bush, but every bush <laughs> literally like when I say like, I cannot walk outside of my house and not pass five, but it's the season right now is really encouraging me to just like slow down. And like, as much as I'm like trying to like get stuff done, like I said, like, that's what I've been pondering New Orleans right now. I mean, it's, it's a big easy, like everybody here is, I feel like it's a very present place in general, but um, mm. the flowers right now are really connecting me to and that's a connection to the seasons for me too because like katie you said you know you're from a place with seasons and now you don't have them and i miss seasons a lot but the jasmine to me that's always like a signal of like change and yeah i don't know beauty and yeah so the jasmine in new orleans if you ever come to new orleans come in the spring so you can be here for the jasmine because yeah katie you talked about this too it's like the guavas weren't in season so i mean like maybe in places where you don't have seasons like you can kind of have the markers of like 
jasmine and different produce and vegetables and fruit like when mm-hmm. they're hitting like when they're fresh and at their peak yeah i think and, Katie, and yes. when you need a sweater <laughs> yes no exactly <laughs> and the when three days the three days yeah. here that you do. <laughs> I, I relish in them i'm like ah i'm home but yeah i think katie too you talk about like living in la you're always very in tune with the moon i think you're so right brian about like finding finding the things like wherever you are there's somewhere to find them or somewhere to build that for yourself and build in that not it's not it's different from structure but that just sense of time is moving forward what Brian's referring to with the guava is there's this house on this weirdly long walk that I do every day that Brian did with me. <laughs> and there's a house on the way that gives out guavas during guava season. And I eat like one or two, three, seven <laughs> on the yeah. way there and back. And, and it's Brian's favorite fruit. So I'm so bummed it wasn't in season, but yeah, there always are markers regardless of, of where we are. And, and that's why I do use the moon because I think Mm. cycles and thinking cyclically is really useful as a strategy for myself to orient towards moving towards something, moving away from something. When I feel really down, I think about the tide and how it comes, it goes, you know, and that's Mm. when you have a bigger sample size, the older I've gotten where I've, I've experienced more ups and downs. It's easier for me to remember that and having people around to remind us is, is always really helpful. What about you, Brian? What's your soft moment of the week? Yeah, I was just driving around and like, I, I don't need Google maps in my hometown. Like I, I know it so well. I, if I know somewhere I need to go, I can just go there. And yeah, I was just driving around and I, I kind of, kind of just forgot, like, I don't know. I, I was just driving past like one of the high schools here. I didn't go there, but I just, there was such a good view of like the Valley I'm in. And I, I was like, Oh, I really love this place. And I loved growing up here and it, mm. I just, remind reminded me of just times times when I've left before too like I I remember when I moved to Portland for the first driving away by myself like passing through the valley into a different valley and just like thinking like wow like it it's so this is such a bittersweet feeling you know like loving a place and leaving it and feeling so connected to it um yeah I I think that that's what made me think about today and yeah, that's what I had. That's such a good one. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Home. Thanks. And I think it's like about finding people and places that feel like home within wherever you live. You know, all three of mm-hmm. us have moved to cities that are pretty far away from where we grew up. And mm-hmm. I, I've i done that in New York, finding your family and community and yeah. touch points and places and I think that's really crucial. And anyway, I just love the two of you so, so much. I'm so grateful that you took so much time to do this and be here. I'm so happy that this podcast has allowed me to know both of you. Is there anything else that you want to let out? Is there anything else that you want to share or say? I feel, yeah. I don't know. Just thank you both. Really. Hey, this is really lovely. And I, yeah, I adore the both of you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. This, yeah, this is so sweet. Yeah. I love this. I mean, yeah, it's, 
fun listening all these years and just talking with y'all. And I mean, we've had plenty of talks in our creative underdogs classes too. And yeah, I'm just grateful for the both of you. And this was such a fun, sprawling conversation. And I would expect nothing less from the three of us. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we all need a sigh. I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Inhale. Right. Let it out. Ah. Thank you all so much. Well, if you are still here, I must tell you a few things. First of all, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I'm so grateful. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the very sweet Brian and Maggie. I've linked to both of their Instagrams in the show notes. Follow them because they're really special and you know that now. And if you're in New York City, go to Daughter. Daughter is the best coffee shop in the world. I think so. I haven't been because I haven't been back to New York since I moved, but it's my first stop when I do go back to New York because I've heard so much about it through Brian and happy that it exists, which you heard me say several times in this episode. If you want to know more about Creative Underdogs slash in process slash if you want to let me know what you think the name should be, because clearly I can't decide. And if this wasn't a showcase of that, I don't know what was. I would love to hear from you. I'm going to keep the group very, very small. So if you want to apply to be part of it, it is starting this fall. Sign up for the waitlist to get information about it. The link is in the show notes to do that. And also if you have any questions, feel free to DM the Let It Out Instagram. It's actually just me. So, you know, at Let It Out with three Ts. Follow the Let It Out Instagram if you want to. It's where I post about the new episodes and it's really just a mood board of images that I find or quotes or things that I read and remind me of what we've discussed here over the years or recently. And if you like this show, you will probably like Creative Underdogs slash In Process. Why am I doing that? Let's just call it In Process. It's In Process. I am In Process. If you like it here, you will love In Process, and I would love to have you part of the group. If you don't like it here, you're going to hate that, and you're probably not still listening now unless you're just listening to be mean. So I hope you have a great week. Oh, and one last thing while I have you, and you being someone who, you know, has listened to a very long-winded conversation, so you might want to also know that we do a newsletter. It's called the Let It Out Letter, and but if you'd like to sign up for that, also link in the show notes should we pick an emoji for old times each of you each of you choose one that you use the most or that you like or that you just want to pick for this yeah. It, so I actually joked that I I was checking in with like Sarah and Adam from Daughter and I was like, hey, how's it been? I'm like, I got a phone back. But the sad news is all of my recently used emojis are reset. No. So I have to go back and start creating them. Oh, again. yeah. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll pick a one. But I. um 
yeah, I feel like I, what do I like? I mean, the, it doesn't suit now, but the crying emoji I use a lot. That one's fun. Um, <laughs> or the, the cat laughing. I think mine actually might be <laughs> cry laughing cat and yeah i actually the the little mountain emoji i'll send it to both of you so oh. you know which one i'm talking about but mm-hmm. um brian you talking about because i'm also like I, I that made me so nostalgic because i'm specifically from a valley also i'm from a valley mm. on the other coast yeah but i get so like i talk about it's called the susquehanna valley i talk about it all the time I like write about my hometown constantly and also part of it moved like nobody in my like we weren't actually like I grew up there and I like truly feel like I'm from there but also neither my parents are from there and neither my parents are there now and like so it's a a very strange feeling to have a hometown that like your like chosen community is but like your Mm. family isn't it's very strange yeah but also whenever I like want to focus I always think about like either the dogwood tree that was behind my house. Um, it's like my, like, med- like when I'm like trying to like meditate or just like clear my head, I think about that dogwood tree or I think about the mm. river that runs through the valley. So I'm going to choose the mountain because that to me feels like, um, one, I just love what Brian said. That just made me very nostalgic, but also two, mm. um, whenever I like need to like reclaim focus and pay attention, I always think about my little, uh, valley town in between all the mountains in pennsylvania yeah if that makes oh, sense i love that yeah mm. it makes it makes so much sense um sorry maggie i have to every time you each talk for the last 20 minutes i've had to stop and plug my computer while you're talking unplug it to plug in the microphone because i've been on three <laughs> percent oh. um <laughs> But I was with you and that was beautiful. And I love you both so much. And I so have to go. Um, yeah, but I too. cannot <laughs> thank you enough. I love you. I'm so sorry this went so over. Um, oh, it's all good. But you are oh, both yeah, incredible. Is- and we'll talk on our phones. Um, but thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank great. you. I love you. Okay. Love you yes, too. Love you all very much. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.